Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Thank you for joining the Purpose Driven Sobriety Podcast. Um, I'm Christine. I'm an alcoholic. I want to take this opportunity to thank the Cohen Mortgage Group for sponsoring this episode. Um, If you're in the Central Texas area, the Cohen Mortgage Group can help you with all your uh, residential financing. Uh, You know, they offer, we offer all the, all the programs, all the things. Um, So having said that, my guest today is uh, Mr. Rick Cohen. Um, hello, Mr. Cohen. How are you? It's good. To, I'm good, good. Thank you. Good to have you here. Um, Rick just happens to be married to me, um, and um, I wanted to. I wanted to. You know, in the idea of this podcast, which has happened so quickly, this Quick, whole thing yeah. has happened so quickly. Um, just really in the past month. I mean, it's just been. I think you know. Um, it's a God thing. With, yeah, with my faith, that I mean, God just, it, it, it's, a, it's a good thing. So, you know, our goal, my goal was to reach that, that person who is still suffering, you know, with alcoholism and addiction, which alcoholism is an, is an addiction. Um, but, you know, we, we thought, um, and thank you for your support for this whole thing. I know that um, in the history, so we'll be married 20 years next year, 19 this year, way too long. Wow. Way too long. Um, <laughs> but um, your support has been just amazing. And, you you know, I've, I go down some rabbit holes sometimes, you know, uh, hush. Um, and um, you, you just really have, have been um, uh, just a crazy supporter of me. Um, when it has come to things that I feel passionate about, you, you basically, um, especially when I feel like it's from God, you you step out, not, not as if you've gotten in the way before, but you step out of the way and you just are like, girl, get it. If that's what God's telling you, you better, you know, you better get after it. So I'm grateful for that. Um, so my goal, to, you know, it, it, for this podcast um, is to tell all angles of the story of addiction, you know, because I am, you know, I qualify for several di- different recovery programs in that I am a child of an alcoholic. Um you know, um, so, so I, I know it from a a child's standpoint, but, um, I, I, you know, I I think it's important for us to tell this, to, to tell the story and to reach the family members that have loved ones that are suffering with this disease, because it is a family disease. And I can tell you that, um, wholeheartedly from the addict point of view, when you're in it, you don't see it as a family disease. You know, of course, we know that, you know, addiction can be very selfish and, you know, self-centered and what have you. But but you truly think you're only doing it to yourself, right? You truly think that it's only affecting you. It's like, leave me alone. It's it's my body. It's my life. It's, you know. Well, it's a victimless. It's, it, yeah. it, it, it just, it, um. <clears throat> Yeah, it's it's like why why are you giving me such a hard time? So I didn't know I you don't know you don't know what you don't know. I mean, I know that that's clicheic, but it's just true. And I didn't know how it affected the people that were in my life that I loved. And so it's important to me for you to be here for you to share, you know, when when someone comes on the show, they share their experience, their strength and their hope, which means we share what it was like what happened, you know, to change things, and what what is it like now? So, um, you know, Rick and I have worked together for 24 years, um, and like I said, next year we will be married for for 20. And so we've got a we've got a history, you know, before and after alcoholism. So I just wanted to for you to just kind of tell your story and well, and, and, and share. 
Yeah, it, it was, um, you know, we were friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were buddies, mm-hmm. uh, pals. <laughs> we were best girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you invited me uh, down to Waco to uh, to meet your, uh, you know, the guy that you were dating, <laughs> to get my opinion. <laughs> that was weird. Um, it wasn't weird at the time, but, yeah, looking back, it was probably a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. Um and and um, then you weren't an alcoholic. I mean, you didn't drink excessively, you know. Um, and we drank together, you know. I, uh, uh, you know, throughout my life, uh, I was always uh, a heavy drinker. Um, you know, uh, you know, from high school. I mean, I started drinking in high school, and um, <clears throat> you know, when 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 you got into the program, or when you. Uh, got to the point where uh, you were in uh, recovery, uh, you know, our, one of our conversations, you know, was, you know, uh, you know, you were, the, I, I told the counselor, you know, you're, you're the strongest person I've ever met. You know, why can't she just quit? And it was, to me at the time, it wasn't a matter of, it wasn't a disease. It wasn't an addiction. You know, it was just like a lack of, of will. I remember, I remember you in in that moment, and he's talking about when I I, I mentioned in in the first episode <clears throat> that I'd gone down to Austin Recovery. Right, so you'd yeah. come down for a, a family day, <laughs> and it was you, me, and the counselor, and and um and and it, even at that moment, I did. I looking back, I didn't think I was an alcoholic. I I wasn't convinced. I was down there to shut y'all up. And for I remember the look in your eyes where you were truly inquisitive, saying. What, what is the deal? She, why can't she stop? And I remember just that resolve of going, oh, my God, is that what you think? Do you you think I'm doing this of my own will? And right then, I still didn't think I was an alcoholic. So that's what's puzzling. I, I didn't still, but I knew that that was so far from the truth, so far from the truth. So I'm sorry. Well, and yeah, and, and, and again, my take on it was, you know, it was just simply a lack of will. You know, I, I, um, <clears throat> I grew up, I played sports. Um, you know, and I'm kind of from that Lombardi era where, you know, um, you get up and you do it. And if you can't do it, it's a lack of will and you need to figure it, you know, figure the whole thing out. So, uh, you know, at the time for me, it was, uh, and again, I've, I've, uh, uh, I've learned since then um, that, uh, you know, there is a, you know, there's a, a switch that turns on, you know, with alcoholics. But, um, you know, at the time, and um, I just couldn't figure it out. Uh, and it had, um, uh, you know, we, we had gotten married, and, uh, you know, I guess I, I don't know when I got to the point where I was drinking to try and control your drinking. You know, uh, I would drink and go, okay, it's time to stop. You know, it's time as, you know, for us not to drink anymore, you know, um, so, uh, you know, the, the, this whole thing has been a, has been a journey. Um, and it's been a, it's been a, it's been a, uh, the wild toad ride, you know, for us and for me. <coughs> but, um, you know, when you were down in, in, in Austin recovery, um, it was, um, uh, it was one of those things where it was almost for me kind of a breath, you know, <sighs> you know. Uh, and, and I remember us going to uh, <coughs> um, prior to that, and uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't go to <coughs> to uh, to stop drinking. <laughs> you know, we went we went we went to, <coughs> to learn how to drink. Mm-hmm. You know, to they f- they failed they failed miserably. <laughs> they did at, at absolutely, yeah, yeah. So program. I had lost all kind of confidence in that. <laughs> um. So, you know, when we went to the meetings and, and you know, we, we, uh, we, we tried to figure out what was wrong, uh, I had, um, you know, you, you, as, a <clears throat> as a spouse or a, uh, um, uh, a maid of, of, of an alcoholic, or you're going to try and fix them. You know, I'm going to try and tell you, I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you what you're doing wrong. I'm going to tell you how to do it. And then I'm going to take all the responsibility of your actions upon myself. But you didn't know that at the time. No, absolutely not. I mean, that wasn't a conscious uh, thing that you know that that you that you even think about. I think subconsciously, because you love the person, because you care for them, you know, you think you're doing the right things by you know cleaning the vomit off their shirt, or 
you know, lie into the family as why, the why family, we didn't why show we up. Yeah, or why we can't go to, uh, why we can't come to, to Thanksgiving dinner or, or we're, you know, an hour and a half late, you know, to, to a Sunday dinner, but that's okay. Go ahead and eat without us. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll just get some leftovers while we're there. So, you know, it, it was a, um, you know, all this has been a huge learning curve for me. And I don't know when the, when, when the switch clicked. I think it was during, <laughs> I think it was during the Listerine era uh, where you had come out of recovery and um, I thought that everything was good. Uh, and um, you had, um, you were passed out about a block and a half away and I could see you in your car passed out from drinking the bottle of Listerine. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I'm not sure when, but I think that was the, um, that was the, that was the first time that I thought, okay, it's not about you anymore. It's about me. And I've got to take care of me. <coughs> I'll be there if you need me. I'll, I'll, but I won't take the responsibility anymore for your drinking. And I think as a, as, as a family member, uh, again, you want to take that responsibility on. You want to share that person. And it's, it's, not, um, it's not due... F it's enabling. <laughs> it, that's, the only, that's the only way you can describe it. You know, there was no consequences of you doing what you were doing to yourself. And I was covering it up. I was allowing it. I, it was... Um, it was all the things that uh, that you kind of take on the responsibility of uh, of being an adult raising a child. Period. You know, I'm going to tell you what to do, and you need to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I know what's best for you. But the whole thing was, I didn't realize what was best for me, and it was. Well, I you think you're loving the person, and you you think when I lost when you're, myself, when, I, I totally lost me. And but you were doing it out of love, is Absolutely, what I'm saying. It course. wasn't, you know, and and like we have a family member right now that that has a, a child that's you know in an active 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 addiction, and and you can you know st standing on the outside looking in, you can see where you could possibly love someone to death. Oh, I've, you yeah, know, sure. and and that's that it's it's. It's, and that was on the that was yeah. what you were on the road of, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it, it's not a um, you know when you when when you hear the the word tough love, um, uh, you uh, you have this this connotation of you know kicking someone out or or you know being being mean or being strong with them and. And, uh, punishing, punish, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's the word. Mm -hmm. um, where you're gonna, you know, you're gonna punish them to the point where if they do this, it's kind of like training a dog, you know, um, you know the 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 reward kind of thing. You know, if you do wrong, you know this happens. If you do good, this happens. So that's 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 where I was at, um, and that's when I started. I started. Uh, uh, trying to find out what was it, not not what was wrong with you, but what was wrong with me. You know, on a on a journey of, um, and I call it a journey because it's it's still day to day mm -hmm. for me. Um, uh, you know, I grew I'm, my my family history was you know I grew up in a very abusive household. Um, I was told that I was never good enough. I'd never amount to anything, and for me that spurred me to do. Um, I'm going to show you, um, you know, and, well, and, and controlling your environment. Yeah. My, and my, my, and you know, we're, we're talking about addiction, but you know, alcoholic alcoholism is not the only addiction. I mean, there's other addictions, you know, there's drugs, there's, there's food. Mine was anger. Mm -hmm. I was, I was totally, I was a very mean and angry person. You know, I played ball because I could hit somebody and not get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that carried over into um, after, you know, after I got home from college. And um, <clears throat> so there was there was a lot of things wrong with me that. Uh, that I, I there wasn't anything wrong with me in my mind, you know, but I was going to I was going to I was going to fix you because I knew what was wrong with you. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I, I think the uh, the loved ones of an alcoholic, you've got to you've got to let it go. You know the whole thing. You know, let go and let God. And that that is uh, that's one of the toughest things that you can wrap your head around. Uh, letting go and letting God, because we're all control freaks. It sounds like you're quitting. It's it yeah. sounds like you're you know, you're giving up. The or, in. You're, yeah, you're you're giving up. Yeah. you know that you you know you're throwing the towel furthest in from and, the from the truth. You know, that that doesn't mean you, you go over into a corner and pray and you know t- and God tells you to get up and go do this and go do this and go do this. That's 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 not what letting go and letting God. We we have to come to the realization that we have control over nothing. But you didn't come by that quickly, so oh, I, so no, hang I'm on. Back, still, I'm still working. Back on it. back up to March 13th, 2012, when when I was passed out in the car after drinking a Sam size bottle of Listerine. Um, you know, we we both had kind of spiritual experiences within that 24 hour period. So what you what I heard you say was you recognized in that moment. I have got to start saving myself and, and, and because you felt you knew you were powerless is what I hear you saying in that moment. Absolutely. So is, is that when you called a counselor? Yes. That, that we, yeah, that, that we knew that. Mm-hmm. And so, so you, well, I had gone, I had gone to a counselor while you were in Austin recovery. Mm. Um, and I remember her telling me that, you know, if you got sober, that our relationship may not, she may did, not yes. make it. She told me the same later on when I came out of there. Yeah. I had, and she said, "You know, your your marriage may not survive your sobriety." And I was, I was thinking, "What the hell?" And and she was just like, "And we did, we drank, man, from the day from the yeah. day we met, you know, back in 1998. I mean, we we every time we were in each other's presence, I mean, we you know, we we." Grab a drink or some, or t- five. Oh, I like, was a, I was a, I you was know, a serious drinker. And so uh, I, it was like, okay, oh crap, maybe I don't even know him sober. So that was that was a thing. So so back to back to March 13, thousand twelve. So what did you do different, or was that just a resolve where you came to an understanding that you just were powerless, that you, you know, um, what happened? I think after that, I started going to meetings. Mm-hmm. You know, started in going support to, of family, family yeah. members of alcohol yeah. addicts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, it, you know, we get in our world of, um, <clears throat> of thinking that, you know, we're the only ones that oh, is man. experiencing this. It keeps you, know, you paralyzed. Yeah. 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 You know, we're the only ones that, uh, that that's experiencing this. And what are other people going to think if they find out? And, um, you know, you, you, you go to the meeting, you, you realize that you're in a, you're, you're in a room with 15 other people that, you mean it happened to you? So did you? So did you feel like you had failed me, or did you feel like you had failed as a husband? In, in, before, before that, before that realization that you, you couldn't do anything about it, did you feel like you had? How, what was that feeling like? Seeing me go down the tubes the way I was, uh, lost. Yeah, lost. Totally. You know where? Where did I go wrong? Uh, where? Where? What could I have done different? Uh, what could I have said that would have made you stop drinking? <clears throat> what What did I do? What did I do? What did I do? And 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 I realized that it. it I was um, I was saying to myself, I I I I I. Well, and believing that you had some kind of power that you, in no way, shape, or form, ever could in in a million years have. Well, and and so that's and, torture. Thinking that you can control something or do something, <coughs> and it's. It, I mean, yeah. That you have power over someone else's life. You know, and, and what I've realized through this journey is that, you know, one of the things that we, that we do, um, you know, we set ourselves up for disappointment. Um, we, we live a life where we have, we have milestones. Uh, you know, when, uh, when I get out of school, I'm going to be happy. When I get a job, I'm going to be happy. When I uh, when I get married, I'm going to be happy. When I you know when I have when kids, that person stops drinking, yeah, or gets when straight, that person yeah. stops drinking, I'm going to be happy. And and <clears throat> you know those milestones. Instead of looking at it and going, okay, this is my life. 
let me enjoy the the moment that I'm in. And, um, but, you know, I was trying to fix you. And, you know, again, you know, lessons. Um, You know, I, I think my own personal opinion, one of the reasons that we don't like other people is because they're not the way that we want them to be. You know, well, you know, he, he wears his, his, uh, uh, his hair, you know, goofy. Um, uh, is, is my you hair don't need to be talking to is, anybody about hair. Is my sir. hair okay today? Yeah, yeah, looks great. <laughs> but, but you, know, um, you know, she doesn't wear the right clothes. You know, look at those stupid shoes. You know, so we set those kind of things up because people don't make um, those little benchmarks that we set for them. You know, um, you know, and God teaches in the, the, the hardest thing on the face of the earth. You know, you see somebody on the side of the road that's, you know, um, uh, asking for money. Everybody judges them. I don't care who you are. Everybody judges them. You know, we'll just go out and get a job. You know, well, if you didn't drink, if I give him a dollar, he's going to go buy alcohol with it. Right? Mm-hmm. So we're always trying to change people instead of looking at ourselves and changing ourselves to, um, number one, to liking us, you know, being, being us, um, not trying to put people into a, into a, uh, into a mold, um, accepting them the way that they are, uh, and my whole thing has been, you know, I've gotten a lot closer to God. Well, and, but that that didn't happen overnight. I mean, just, uh, it's still, so that that it's all sounds fine and good. But, Absolutely. But so so on. No, no, it's not something that happened overnight. Absolutely. And you you had asked me was there an was there an epiphany of, you know, um, you know when did I realize that it was all I it, it was a work. You know, you go, you go to, you go to a, to a meeting and, and, uh, you know, you look around and these people are, you know, experiencing the same thing. That, From all that different are. walks of life. Oh. All different <clears throat> ages and just. Oh, listen, addiction has, has no social boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't happen to the, you know, to the middle class or to the poor class. You know, it doesn't happen to the, to the, uh, to the upper class. It has all the, you know, pressures of success on them. It happens to everybody, and I don't think that there's anyone that can't think of someone that they know, mm-hmm. whether it's an immediate family or somebody else, that hasn't suffered some type of an addiction. Did you feel, Did you feel? I mean, not necessarily for yourself, but I can't imagine that you weren't ashamed of me, but did you feel a lot of shame in that? Oh, I was, that I, was, I was ashamed of myself. You mean of you? Well, of, of just did you feel shame? Oh, sure. Sure. Um, and that would, that was one of the toughest parts to get, you know, to get away from, you know, um, but again, you, you get into that mode of, you know, nobody else is, you know, nobody else has experienced this. Um, yeah, you, you know, uh, people are looking at me and pointing the finger and going, why does she drink so much? Is it because of him? Well, I do. I do remember you. Um, you going to those meetings, and I know that it. It. I remember feeling a little bit of a panic, just thinking, "Oh shit, um, he's not focused on me anymore." <laughs> I mean, it was. It wasn't a. It wasn't a, a. A solid, you know, continual thought, but it. But it was. I remember just thinking, "Oh crap, maybe I'm out here on my own." Um, but, but so I, I remember on March 14th, 2012, when I had my, um, you know, I, I had a spiritual experience and, um, you know, some of us in recovery, I, I jokingly say some of us have the crock pot recovery and some of us have the microwave, you know, recovery. Um, mine was a microwave blow it up recovery, uh, you know, type of situation. Recovery is continual, but in, in that moment, um, on March 14, 2012, at approximately 11.35 a.m., I knew I was sober. I knew, I knew, I just knew I was sober. Oh, and I remember and, you coming and I, I, yeah, I did, I did, y'all, because I, I had, and I had truthfully tried, you know, several, several, several times, because, I mean, how many times did I go through a detox? Well, yeah, I Which can, was I, a little weekend vacation. You were, you were in the uh, detox center uh, for uh, seven times, um, 
you, we had taken you down to um, uh, the recovery center in Scott and White mm-hmm. twice. That's the, that's where I heard that was one of, one of the people down there had had said something about the mouthwash. That was the conversation. Um, that that anyway, but that go, go back and listen to the first episode. Oh, see, that's like being in jail and picking up tips on how to right how to make right how to make a shank, man. <laughs> right. Um, but but so I do remember coming home, and and I remember because. We have been best friends long before we ever yeah. were involved. Um, and, you know, um, and I remember being so excited about that experience that because I, I had no conception of who God was. You have a different experience than that. But but for me, my higher power, I choose to call God. Um, I had no I didn't know who told me I was worthy in that moment. Um but I was so excited that something had changed and I knew it, I knew things were going to get better. I just knew it. And I came home and I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Uh, yeah. You came home and you go, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not I'm drinking, drinking anymore. again. I'm never drinking again. Yeah, I'm, I'm worthy. I'm not drinking anymore. <laughs> and, and you remember my response? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think maybe you had heard it once or twice before, but, but I mean, and keep in mind too, y'all that, that, you know, when I would try to stop drinking on my own, I would have medical consequences. You know, at one time I was going into seizures. You know, when I went down to Austin Recovery, they had to rush me to an emergency room to give me more medicine than they are legally permitted to give in that facility um, because I was going to stroke out. My blood pressure was tanking. You know, alcohol is the only drug that you can die from the withdrawal. We didn't know that back then. Well, yeah, we kind of did because that was the reason that we had taken you to Scott and White twice down in Temple. For recovery. Yeah, well. Because they had to monitor you. Uh, it was bad. Yeah. It was real bad. Yeah, it was real bad. It was real bad. Um, so. Worms so, under the skin and. Yeah. Yeah, worms in your, in uh-huh. your throat. Oh, I would, yeah, I would hallucinate <laughs> and um, it was, it was, uh, it was really bad. So March 14, 2012, I, I remember, yeah, I do remember that. And, and of course that, that moment for me, well, for both of us, I'll, I'll speak for you in that sense because you're sitting right here. Um, that was the moment where the trajectory changed and day by day by day, you know, I, you know, it's one of those things that, and if you're newly sober, you know, and you have family members that are, that are doubting you or something, you know, it, God, dog, cut them some slack, man. We did, we did some damage when, when we were in active addiction, we did some major damage and you cannot expect just, I, I did, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was upset with you that you weren't as excited with me, uh, you know, oh, I, yeah, but, but I, I mean, know. yeah. So, I mean, that was really hard because you know that you're, you know that you're ch- so, so just, you, you know, an active alcoholic addict that, that is, has, has stopped and is, is on their way into recovery. You've got to give your loved ones grace and, and the space to um, feel what they're going to feel and just focus on yourself. And as far as recovery goes. So, so from that time, so, th- so that was what it was like. And, and, um, well, and then 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 the uh, th- then the the journey really started. You know, up until then, it was uh, it was the battle. Uh, it was it was the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and like with any battle or any war, you know, there there is damage, and you know, there's a there's a uh, segment after that of of starting to rebuild and reconstruct and put things back together again. Uh, and one of the things that I had concentrated on, I think, was me instead of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I gave you, <laughs> uh, remember the vegetable garden? <laughs> so, so let's have a lesson. So, so, you know, an alcoholic addict, you know, I, I, it's, uh, you know, my oldest son had, had asked me at one time, mom, when did you know you were an alcoholic? And, and it's like, okay, now I can pretty much go, mm, yeah, birth. Um, I, I've, in my entire life, I've done things alcoholically. And, and if you're uneducated, as far as what that means, if you, if you got it, if you, if you spot it, you got it kind of thing. So those of you out there that are going, oh my God, I know exactly what she's talking about. I do everything. I either do everything in extreme or I don't do it at all, <laughs> you know? And, and so especially, you know, I can, I can look back now when, when, you know, I knew I was sober, but, but here's the deal. Alcohol was my solution. Alcohol allowed me to, in the moment, allowed me to feel normal. 
it allowed me to to slow down the racing brain to um to just cope you know relax because it felt like I was always just you know speeding through life 90 to nothing now you take alcohol away and you're going to replace it. Oh, lordy. Yeah. You know, yeah, because because that you've taken you've now taken away my solution. You've now taken away what made me feel normal. What allowed me to live in my own skin and not want to not want to eat a bullet. You know, I mean, you you've taken that away. Not you taken away, but you know what I mean. When that has has been removed. Yeah. So so that's why it's imperative that there is something that replaces it, which is called recovery, right? And so, so while you're getting recovery, sometimes you have to find things to do to keep yourself busy. Um, so, so, so well, far, occupy the time instead of laying around drunk. So, um, I thought <laughs> in in a moment, I thought, you know, we ought to grow our own vegetables. Well, and and I, and I remember that you getting <laughs> mad at me because I was at the point uh, in in my recovery. Uh, where I had uh, I had put up the uh, the, the forms and, and laid it out, and you wanted me to go get the dirt to put into it, and then get the seeds to plant, and then uh, I remember the little um, uh, things at the vine. Tomato cage. The, 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 the yes. Tomato cage. You wanted we had to have several. Yes. And I refused to do that. Yeah, that was uh, that that was, uh, and, and I and and that was when I I started learning. That was what you wanted to do. My obsession. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was what you wanted to do. And I'm not going to do it for you anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll help. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm out and I'm close to uh, uh, close to a place, you know, place that sells the cages, I'll pick them up. Otherwise, if you need them and you have time, you need to go pick them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, and, and I still read, I, you know, we, we have, did our, we, I can't remember. Did, did we ever actually grow anything? No, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> But that little that little makeshift forms and cells sat out there for a little while. Until it you did sit out there for a little while, and I absolutely refused to because it, it drove me crazy that it wasn't being in the way of the lawnmower it, yeah, and all that mess. Was, uh, and I think my I think my next was um, I learned how to make jewelry, how to make earrings and necklaces and bracelets, right. and, and it was on. Them. You made a ton of them. It, yeah, well, past that, I mean, it, it was it was obsessive. I think you had actually called. Um, a friend of mine in recovery and said, okay, now she's really gone off the rocker up until 4 a.m. making making earrings and doing the, you know, and I, if I recall, she basically said, let her be, let her be, right. let her keep that busy work because if she's doing that, she's not drinking. So as long as she's doing something that's not detrimental like that to recovery, just let the crazy just play out well, and trust and, the process. Yeah, and, and, and I had... Um, uh, I had to learn to let that play out, and um, not take not, it personally. Yeah, I remember you did take it personally. W- well, it, that was because uh, up until that point, uh, it was uh, uh, it was us drinking together, you know, and me uh, me uh, me focusing on trying to fix you. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that was. Again, because um, you didn't really know what recovery was either. I mean, oh you didn't no. know what to, what was to come. You just knew drinking, not drinking. Well, remember the, <laughs> our, you know, we, our conversations, you know, uh, through the through the recovery. What are we going to do now? Oh yeah, you know, oh how, golly, who's, who's going to be our friends? Well, yeah, when we go out, what are we going to do? And how, we will how? never travel again. We'll never travel again. Yes, I remember where I was sitting when I had that realization that I just thought, well, we might as well just go home, board up the windows and doors, and stay inside because we can never go to the places we've gone before. Because you go there to, you know, to get on the beach and get all your your well, you'll be all inclusive fruity drinks. Uh huh. Yeah, yes. Good. What? Well, oh, what the hell? It wouldn't be be worth the money if you're not going to take advantage of the alcohol. Right. We certainly couldn't go out to eat anymore because every single restaurant that we loved, you have to walk right by the bar to get to the to the. Couldn't do that. I couldn't go to the grocery store ever 
again because they're of the beer and and wine aisle. You can't get through. You know, I remember going to the grocery store the first time after stopping drinking, and I was avoiding that as if there was an atomic bomb sitting in that aisle that would go off if I even. I mean, I would like walk around it was just it was crazy the things you don't know again you you just when you're when you're white knuckling it I knew I I knew I was sober which sober means not drinking but I was not yet in in recovery recovery. right which is which is living a healthy life in 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 place of you know uh alcoholic life um but yeah I remember just thinking our lives were over with you know yeah and, and and uh for me uh, knowing you, I had to let it go too. It, it, I do remember the, fir- the the vacation that we had after that, and we're driving back from the airport, and uh, uh, I looked at you and I said, "Did you have a good time?" She goes, "Yeah, it was fun." I said, "The best part of this is that we're going to remember it." <laughs> what a concept! <laughs> yeah, we'll remember this. Oh, because how many trips we went on that we just we elected not to go to the concert? We stayed in the bar, you know, or or we um, opening game of Wrigley Field, and we could watch it. We made you know we made all kinds of excuses. Mm-hmm. You know, we can see the game better here on this big screen than we can mm-hmm. sitting behind the third baseline. <laughs> yeah, that was messed up. Yeah, that was messed up. Well, and 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 I was and I I tell this I tell this story and and it still it still entertains me which it you know at the in the very moment it wasn't that entertaining but I was only a few months sober when we went to a wedding up in Chicago and um my cousin and um we took our daughter and son-in-law with us and um we we did the wedding thing and then you you had lived in Chicago you know a long time ago and loved a certain blues club right. uh, jazz blues club and you said you know you you want to go listen to music and I'm like hell yeah let's go and and you know Erica and Kevin you know wanted to go and and so we we head out and we go to this place and so we go in and we sit down it's a really cool place and the you know the the guys the band people are about to start and and so the waitress comes around and it's a bar okay so the waitress comes around and said what do you want to drink and, and and you know diet coke and and of course I was still real leery about in a place like that them serving me accidentally alcohol you know it was like okay um um so you ordered a diet coke and i and let let me back that truck up and go you stopped drinking with me i mean you you have not had a drop of alcohol since before before i got sober so just just i stopped in austin recovery yeah i i don't you know anyway so so we're at this blues bar and um and so I Kevin is saying something to Erica and and so I remember knowing that he was like yeah I can't I can't order a beer I can, you know I'm no. and I looked at him and I said please don't be weird don't be weird that makes me feel worse I want you to just be you well that's if, what uh, starts to isolate you, people from being around you right if you yeah. if you want a drink get a drink please please order a drink just just don't just be you please and so he he ordered a, a, a beer and and I think our daughter ordered a, a, a beer as well and and so you know the the band is starting everything is great and fine you know and and so the waitress brings the drinks and sets them down in front of us. And, and I, I remember pushing my Diet Coke to you and going, please taste that and make sure it's just right. Diet Coke. And, and so, so within minutes, I started to cry. And I'm telling you, I was crying like a spanked child. And you looked at me, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. And you're like, what is wrong? And poor Kevin is just about to crawl under the table with guilt, you know? And and I'm just, I'm looking at Rick just so puzzled because I, I didn't know why I was crying. I didn't know, which made me even more mad that I had just said this to Kevin. And he, and so you, you, and I love you for this because you have a way with me of, of, of guiding me now without insulting me, without trying to tell me what to do. You, you, but you said to me, you said, why don't, why don't you go outside and make a phone call to call someone in my recovery program? You, why don't you, why don't you step outside and make that phone call? And I'm like, okay, okay. And I mean, I'm, I'm sobbing y'all. It was so stupid. And I didn't know why I was crying. And I stepped outside and I called her and I just, I'm, she's like, what is wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. And she said, well, I'll wait until you're ready to tell me, you know, 
calm down enough to tell me. So I cried my little eyes out for just a few minutes. She goes, okay, tell me what's happening. And I said, we're here. And and then Kevin ordered a beer. And she said, oh, so maybe you're just sad because you don't feel like you're normal. And I remember just going, oh, is that all that is? I don't, I don't feel nobody's looking at me and she goes well as a matter of fact I think she said is everybody looking at you and I'm like no they're not looking at me she goes oh so you're just it's just a feeling and that feeling's not true and and I the way she put that I just thought oh okay and so I just I straightened up and came right back in and and you just you looked at me like what the hell just happened and I said I'll explain later but don't worry I'm fine you know and poor like I said poor Kevin and Erica they've they've come with us on this recovery journey um, you know, and it, anyway, it, that was just one of the funny, you know, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't funny at the moment, but, but you just, you feel like if you're in a bar or something like that, you feel like you're not normal and see, I, I'm going to tell you, even in, we've shared this, even, you know, I just turned 11 years sober last week on March 14th and, um, and even going to a restaurant now, we could go to a restaurant right now. And be sitting at a table, someone sitting at a table across the way, and they leave a half a, a half a glass of wine or you know a half a mixed drink in their cup, and they and they check out and they leave. I I still look at them and go, stupid ass quitter, what's wrong with you? I, yeah, I don't say that out loud, but it, a quick thought in my brain. But that's still the alcoholic brain that that I have that that will will never. It will, you know, I've resigned myself to the fact that it will never go away. But I do have a program of recovery that I work that I'm able to to, um, you know, have that silly, crazy thought and just let it go. You know, well, and it's, recognize it for what it is. Yeah, you don't you don't learn to quit drinking. Yeah, you know, just like you don't learn to be, um, you know, um, not an enabler. You know, you don't learn that. It's a journey, and it and it's a uh, it, it's a. You know, it's a it's a personality building. It's a it's a growth within yourself building. Uh, it's it is uh, you know we, we our 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 morning starts with our time where we get up and you know we make coffee and we don't we, we say maybe two words to each other and we get our books and we read. Mm-hmm. We uh, seek, yeah, we seek yeah, whatever, we, whatever God. Know, that's our that's our quiet. So so what Rick is talking about? We take our quiet time. Every single single morning since the day, pretty much since the day I got sober, we we take and now I mean it's it, for me it's an hour hour and fifteen or so um, of of just you know back when um, when I first got sober um, I, I I don't like to read I just I'm you know ADD and all that mess it's just it's hard for me to read and retain things and stuff so so a friend in the program had said you know you know are you on social media I'm like yeah I'm on Facebook she said do you do you do you post things you don't read? And I'm like, no, I don't post things I don't read. She said, well, how about you subscribe to a bunch of different things and just see what, see what God uh, sends you, uh, you know, and, and Find sub- your right. And, and then, and then if you, if you read something and you go, oh man, someone else I bet could benefit from that. She said, why don't you post it? So that was her way of getting me to read other things, you know? And so ever and now it's called doing my paperwork, you know, it's, yeah. it always has been called doing my paperwork. So even the kids know, mm-hmm. mom, you know, don't call mom during um although our daughter does all the time um call during when mom's doing her paperwork that that is the time that we build our foundation to build our day on so so i it's it's my humble belief that you have to take time in the morning to to get a foundation built that's strong enough to hold up whatever that day may throw at you. Well, you know, a lot of people will get up and hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. You know, you or turn a, on the news. You grab a cup of coffee, you turn on the news, you know, you jump in the shower, uh, you return some emails, you know, the, you immediately, you know, get on your, your email and, you know, you see what the day has to hold for you. And <clears throat> for me, uh, that hour in the morning is uh, for me and my God. And it is a, uh, it's a time that it, it makes me feel good. You know, it's a breath for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a breath to, and that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to have problems that day. Uh, it, it, it means that maybe, just maybe, I can handle those problems a little bit better. Uh, 
because again, you know, like we talked about uh, earlier, you know, it's letting go and letting God. You know, my day is starts out with, um, you know, God, thank you for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, and I don't have any control over it. Um, but give me the strength to do the things that you want me to do. And then you start. And then throughout the day, things are going to be, be thrown at you. And uh, those, those words are going to be tested. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the recovery for an alcoholic <clears throat> and the recovery for an, <laughs> an enabler. Or even just a family member. Or a family yeah. member. Um, you, you know, is uh, recovery is recovery. Maybe different roads, but you still have to look at it as a journey. Uh, it's not with a specific goal, and it's not something that, you know, th- that you get to. It's not a start and a finish. It's a start, and then it's, it just continues. Well, and that's a lot of people, I love how you said that, because a, a lot of people um, will stop drinking and, uh, you know, attend a recovery meeting or, or a group or something like that and, and, um, and then stop going because they've, they've stopped drinking. And I can't, I can't imagine, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine not, you know, I, I, tell, I tell other friends that are in recovery, I get to, I get to work a program of recovery um, every single day of my life for the rest of my life. I get to do that. Um, and I say that because I, I no longer want to kill myself, right? And that's huge for someone like me. Um, that There's it, days that I want to kill you. Oh, I have no doubt whatsoever, <laughs> and this day ain't over. So, But, but the, to be able to live respectfully, that I respect myself. It just so happens I think other people have a respect for me now that didn't before. Um, but... But that I get to, I get to have peace, and and that was that was something that I'd never ever felt is just a peace, of being okay, you know. I just want to be okay. I don't need to be rich. I don't need to be beautiful. I don't need to be famous. I don't. I don't need. Any, I just need to be okay, and and if as long as I'm okay, I feel like I can handle anything. And the only way I'm okay is by working a program of recovery. Um, but you have come with me on that journey, M- meaning that oh, yeah. I, I I do know some people, alcoholic addicts, that that um, their family member, their uh, well, and I'll speak about spouses that their significant other. Um, still, I, I can't fathom. I, I and, and this is just me. I am. I am. When when you hear me speaking on this podcast, I speak only for myself. You'll get that. Um, uh, yeah, this is going to be time. different. But I. But I, I know. But I. But I cannot. I cannot imagine having a spouse that still brought alcohol in. I, if you, I, I just can't imagine you bringing alcohol into our house. That my house is my safe place. That's my, that's my zone where I can run from anybody, anything from the world into that safe place. And having alcohol in that house, I just, even today, I would not be okay with it. Um, so, so, you know, God bless you if you're, if you're, you know, having that. But, um, you know, there are some spouses that don't go with their person into recovery. And and I can't imagine what that's like. Yeah, I, I feel very, very blessed. I mean, I can't wrap my head around. And, and it's not me, it's not for me to judge or, you know, point fingers at, but I, I can't imagine that happening. Because for me, uh, your journey and me kind of going along, not kind of, but, but going along with it uh, has helped me to grow and be a better person. Well, because uh, I, I did, because I also, as, as much as I did alcohol, alcoholically, I did kind of recovery, at least in the beginning, alcoholically as well, because I remember Erica having, our oldest daughter having to come to you and go, you have to shut her, her up. <laughs> she, because I would, I would go to, um, you know, meetings or, or have, have certain, uh, read certain things. And I would want to share that just because it was like an epiphany. It was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this. Did you, you know, I just, 
I, did you know? And so I wanted to, so it was all with good intentions and you knew that. And again, you were very gentle when you came and you're like, okay, here's the deal. Would you maybe just share that stuff with me for now? And, and let's not, you know, and so that, you know, it, that was hard too, but, but yeah, you, you, you started out on that journey with me, I think, because I've shoved it down your throat at first because I did share so much, you know. Well, it was uh, it was good for me um, because while my um, uh, I'm going to say my addiction wasn't. Oh, you said anger. Oh, I was I was a, I was a very angry person. So you so are you saying that you think that no that a program of recovery doesn't just work for an alcoholic addict oh, like so not. drugs and alcohol? Absolutely not. I mean, How the, so? the the um, the, uh, the recovery or a recovery program helps you identify uh, yourself. You know what's you know, not necessarily, we have a, we have a, again, earlier, you know, we, we look at people and we go, what's wrong with them? You know, rather than looking at us and going, what's wrong with us? Mm-hmm. And that has helped me to identify some of the things. And, you know, we, we go through 12 strep- steps that, you know, um, you know, making amends and, you know, realizing that, 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 that I don't have power over anything. And I was a control freak and, and still work on it. You know, I'm going to tell I'm going to tell you the the right way to do it, uh, and you know, in business, you know, it was always you know my way or the highway. You know, there is no other way to do it. And to get from point A to point B, you can go a hundred different ways. Mm-hmm. So, but but mine was always the right way, um, and I carried that from when I was uh, when I was a kid, uh, because I was told that I would never amount to anything. And that um, you know, I would never, um, uh, I would never be successful. To um, uh, into my personal life through college and being so angry and like I said, you know, playing ball and and, and hitting people and not getting in trouble. Um, but it was, um, you know, the 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 recovery has been. has been an eye-opener and the peace and the contentment that you will experience from a journey of recovery will help you to be happier in your own skin. You know, everybody, I, you know, we made the, the analogy the other day, you know, when, when there's a picture taken, you know, who's the first person that you look at? Mm-hmm. You know, you. You don't mm-hmm. see the other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, if, and if and if everyone <laughs> is perfect, but you're doing a face or something, or your eyes are closed oh, or something, then the, the picture's picture terrible. I've ever it's seen awful. In my life, it's awful. You know, <laughs> and it's you. Mm-hmm. And until you come to grips with that's you, and nobody really cares. You know, they don't care if your you know your your hair was out of place or your shirt was, you know, wrinkled or because they're not looking at you. <laughs> they're looking at themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you pass by a mirror. Do you? You make that glance. Mm-hmm. Of course, you do. Everybody does. But to realize that you're not the only one that does that makes it okay, because uh, we we have a tendency to think, well, I'm the only one that really does that. I'm the only one that looks at myself when we're in the picture and look at me. You know, we we're we're so judgmental of other people. Or not, not of other people, but of ourselves, that we we we're gonna we're gonna fix other people instead of looking at us, and that has been that has been the most profound thing I think that that through this journey of recovery that will continue to last until I die, you know, getting closer, letting go, knowing that I don't have control over anything, I have no control over wh- whether anybody will hear this or not. But if that one person hears it, that makes a difference in their life. It's all worth it. Amen. 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 Well, and, and I've said that all along when in, in starting this, that, um, you know, alcohol, uh, alcoholism and addiction is such an isolating disease for the family members and the alcoholic addict. Um, and it's... Um, it's so yeah, so full of shame and, and all of that that But one of one of the things that I and and that I want to stress is that, you know, the recovery for an alcoholic, the people that are around them, the recovery is just as important. You know, uh, it's not your fault. You have to realize that you can't control it. 
you have to you have to look at it and 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 start looking at yourself and looking at making yourself happy. And we we've used the analogy of, you know, if a plane's going mm-hmm. down, you know, they tell you to put on your oxygen mask first. That's so that you can help others around you. Mm-hmm. Because you're no good if you're unconscious. Yeah. You, you can't you can't help anybody else. And the and the whole purpose of you know, in in that analogy, the whole purpose of putting that on is so that you can be of service to others. Absolutely. You know, because in being service to others, it saves you as well. It just so happens. Right. 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 Um, so what else would you want to tell some, you know, if, if, if there is a, a husband or a wife or a significant other that has someone in active um, alcoholism addiction, what would you say to that person? What what sh- what would you Stop say? Stop trying that? to fix them. Okay. Talk to somebody. Talk to somebody about you and your situation. Yeah. Now you can't do it alone, and don't think that you're in it by yourself, because you're not. There's there's hundreds of thousands of millions of other people just like you and there's recovery programs for there are, family there members are recovery programs for family members and, and uh in anybody else and it's not just isolated to alcohol it's 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 any addiction or any any um uh any problem that you might have you know um the thing with bob newhart you know if you're trying to fix somebody stop it Oh, he's ta- yeah, he's talking. Google Bob Newhart in the the video. Stop it! And it's just kind of funny. We were laughing. He, what he's talking about is we were laughing about that the other night because every now and then I'll I'll talk to someone else that's in addiction and and they're just you know reeling from something you know some topic and they're you know I just don't know what to get and it's just they're obsessing over something. And you just want to go stop it, you know. So there's anyway, if you get a chance, Google that video because it's it's really funny. But sometimes it is that simple. Well, I mean, sometimes you know, it is that simple. You know, other times it's not, but, you know, uh, we always, you know, one of the frustrations that we have in our lives is, you know, what if, you know, we're always trying to figure out, we're, we're trying to figure out the solution to a what if problem. You know, we get up in the morning and we future trip on, you know, this afternoon when that meeting is going to happen, what if, what if, what if. And we spend our time trying to fix problems that don't exist. Mm-hmm. You know, keep your feet in right now, in today. Don't, don't, uh, don't try and fix something, a problem for tomorrow that doesn't exist yet. You know, one of the, one of the things that <clears throat> you spend a lot of time, wasted time on, is uh, the what-if scenario. You know, and I call it sleeping out under the stars. You know, the perception in our mind of what things are supposed to be like expectations the expectations we set ourselves up for disappointment you know always Mm -hmm. um you know you you're going to sleep out under the stars and it's you know the stars are out and the the uh the the moon's bright and you're going to take the sleeping bag and you're going to sleep out under the stars and it's going to be so cozy and you get out there and the ground's hard and mosquitoes are out you know, and it starts raining, and, it, and it's hot, <laughs> and it starts raining. So you grab your sleeping bag. You know, how many times have we gone on vacation and come back because it was just a miserable time? You know why? Because it didn't turn out the way that we had expected it to in our minds. One of the things I heard early in recovery was high expectations equals low serenity. Yep. So when you, and especially when you're placing expectations on on people, you know that's just so unfair, and you rob yourself of whatever the experience God intends you to have in that moment. So it's like to to go, well, you know, I don't, you know, though this is just going to take forever, or I'm not going to be able to access my cell phone during this trip, or I'm not going to. It's like, okay, no, no, no. How about how about just taking it one. One moment at a time, no expectations, and it's like God, just show me what you're going. Show me what you want to show me. Right. I'm open and I'm willing, you know, and just let what let go and let God. Whatever's going to happen, happen. And one hundred percent of the time, it's better than what my expectations were. Well, and stop trying to fix them. Yeah, encourage them to get help. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't take them by the hand. You know that, that old uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. This is that's an alcoholic. You know, you can't, uh, you, you, you can't, you can't make them stop drinking. Or using. Now, you have mm-hmm. to start working on yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to stop enabling them. Don't pick them up off the floor when they pass out. You know, put a blanket over them. You know, that's love. 
Right. You know, helping them get to bed and undressing them and putting them under the covers and tucking them in. That's enabling. Or lying to family members, making excuses. And it's, you you have to, you have to own your truth. You just have to own your truth, you know? And, and just like you said, recognize that you're, you're not on an island. You're not, you are not on an island. You're not by yourself. There are so many other people. And, And that, that me too factor is, is so powerful when you're going through a trauma, you know, as far as addiction, um, to have someone look you in your eyeballs and say, Dude, I know exactly what you're going through. We are, uh, we lose the, um, we lose the focus in our lives of um, uh, knowing and realizing that every decision that we make, everything that we do, everything that we do has a consequence. And we have to let people suffer the consequences of their choices and their decisions. Mm Mm-hmm. And you have to suffer the consequences of your choices and your decisions. So, you know, when that finger's pointing out at somebody, there's three pointing back at you. Fix you first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm grateful that you agreed to do this show. You couldn't have gotten out of it if you tried anyway. <laughs> so um, we'll just say that. Well, but I know when you told me that we were going to have an hour and I thought, what are we going to talk about? Yeah, he's he's <laughs> like, well, I don't I don't know that I have that much to talk about, and I'm like, dude, oh sure, yes, yeah, because we could sit here and Shut talk for up. days. <laughs> we could sit here and talk for days about about recovery and and what a beautiful life it, there is after. Um, I wouldn't have it after any other addiction. Way. Yeah, we are we truly feel blessed to to have survived, um, you know, um, that disease and 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 get to you know, continue to recover together. Thank Don't you for sponsoring. Yourself. Thank you for sponsoring the episode. You're welcome. Cohen Mortgage Group. Absolutely. Um, um, I, I love you with all my heart and I'm, I wouldn't uh, take this journey with anybody else. And I love you. So um, thank you so much for listening to the Purpose Driven uh, Sobriety Podcast and keep coming back. Thanks for listening to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Keep coming back.